0: Welcome back to another episode of the College Tribe Podcast, where we talk about tech, music, and just things that are going on in our lives as college students. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Zachary Todd.
1: Why, hello there. Today we have a very special guest to introduce. It is my brother, the one and only Owen Todd. Welcome to the show, Owen Todd. Hi, nice to be here.
2: So, Owen, would you please tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself as an Uh, individual? I, I enjoy video games, and more specifically, virtual reality, and I hope to someday make a video game. Thank you for that riveting introduction, Owen.
0: Wait, how old are you?
2: Uh, I'm 13 at the moment.
0: What? I thought you were older.
1: I thought you were like 15 or something. Oh, I'm honored. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about a very controversial topic to get things started off, and that is, is water wet?
0: Oh boy. Well, let me tell you. I have had this debate with many a person, okay? <laughs> and my personal view, you can talk about the science, you can talk about whatever. To me, when something is wet, it's the feeling that you get, Yeah. right? So like if you pour water on me, I feel wet, right? If you put a fire next to me, I feel hot. When you say that water is wet, I don't think that it is because wet is what water makes something, Exactly. if that makes any sense. Hopefully that makes sense. That that's my opinion
1: my opinion is very similar to that as well it's that you can't have anything be wet without the water clinging onto something so if my hand is wet when the water falls onto the ground now the ground is wet but at no point in time is the water itself wet the water just material that clings to things and those things are now wet. owen your opinion
2: all right so i agree with that but i feel like water is wet because it is very rare for something to impart a property onto something else that that thing itself does not have that property For instance, fire makes stuff warm, but fire itself is warm. And without a chemical reaction, it wouldn't make sense for water to make stuff wet, but not be wet itself. You guys lost me for sure. (laughs) It's rare that something can do something to something else, but not do that thing itself. Like fire makes other things warm, but it's warm itself. And like snow makes stuff cold, but it's cold itself. So I feel like it would make sense that water makes stuff wet, so it's probably wet itself. So your opinion is actually the opposite of me and Joe's. You
1: think that (laughs) water is itself wet. I think water is wet. At the end of the day, it's all—it all has to do with how you define wet. This is like the hot dog yeah, and the is. sandwich thing, where you oh, just get down to a, what's the dictionary. meaning of wet, and you're like looking at Merriam-Webster dictionary, and it's like completely useless because you're eventually up at a brick wall. That's true. Wow. Okay. So Owen has a different opinion than mm-hmm. us, and he actually has a decent reason for it. Who knew? That is a fair point,
0: and I will have to do some more scientific research on the subject and get back to
1: you. How's that? So for tonight's current-ish events topic, me and Owen are bringing to the table our coverage on the latest Oculus Quest news that's been coming out. Mm -hmm. And as well, we're going to be talking about the history in our lives about playing Oculus Mm -hmm. Quest games, playing VR games, what we kind of think about it, and then what new units we have to look forward to as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make you too jealous, Joe, because back before (laughs) COVID-19 struck on the scene, I wanted to have you over so we could show you all the Oculus Quest games in person, and I still want to do that at some point. But hopefully we can educate you and show you the big wide world of VR and all the stuff you have to look forward to when you're able to come over to our house and check it out for yourself. So let's get started. Oh, and tell us how we got the Oculus Quest and kind of what games we've gotten over time. All right. So
2: uh, originally, me and Carter like bought the Oculus Rift S, which is the Quest. It basically it's a similar thing. It's a VR headset, but it needs to be connected to a computer. But uh, then when we realized that there was the quest for basically the same price, we were like, wait, why did we get this? So we sold that and then bought the quest and it's greatest decision of our lives yeah i
1: remember that because i came into carter's room to play it and it had to be connected to his pc which obviously there's pros and cons like the pro is that you can swap out your graphics card and oh now all of your vr games they look really good in hd and you don't have to swap out the entire vr unit Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's a disadvantage because you're stuck in carter's case you're stuck in first world problems like a three by three square and you can't like a lot of games that involve dodging and moving around you're just going to smack basically your face and head against Mm -hmm. his vet and stuff once you're completely free from the computer Yes, the games won't necessarily be as high res as they would be connected to the computer in the first place. But you won't really notice for the kinds of games we're playing, per se. And it's worth it to have the added freedom
2: where you can just stand in the middle of a room and have plenty of space to move around. Wow. Mm-hmm. The only other benefit is there are certain games that unfortunately only work with PC VR. Like, of course, the legendary VR game above all else, Half Life Alex, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately is only on PC VR, which is a real shame. Have you played the VR
0: for Super Hot? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Super we're Hot. We're definitely going to talk
2: about Super Hot. Okay,
0: talk about that later, but continue uh-huh. talking about what you're talking about because that's one of my favorite games on the PC to play.
1: Yeah, we will definitely do that. I was getting all excited because I was like when Half-Life Alex comes out we'll buy it and put it on the Oculus Quest mm-hmm. and then of course there's a caveat as well but isn't it the case where you have to have a certain headset to even begin with to play can you even uh, play no, it on the Oculus console you can play
2: it on Oculus consoles, interesting enough. So
1: we could have played it on the first one we had, but we can't play it on the current We one. can
2: play it on this one. We just don't have a computer good enough to drive it that Carter's willing to let us
1: use. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Because <laughs> the Oculus Quest will work with both the PC or by itself.
2: Yes. You can either, to use the PC, you can either use the Oculus Link cable, which is basically just any USB 3.0 cable and then just connect it to the headset or you can also stream it wirelessly with virtual desktop which is it's a bit shaky there's some latency in there you might get motion sick but i mean it's an option
1: so let's talk about some of our favorite games we've played so the game i got started with is the classic the one and only beat Saber. there's actually a hilarious set of videos where people go into a shop to play beat Saber and test it out (laughs) and they're like these people generally from china or japan who are like professionals and this is what they do for their job And they'll be, like, to the shop owner, they'll just, like, go on the hardest level and, like, let me try this out. And then they'll be flinging their arms and legs all around, and the shopkeeper will just be, like, what the heck is going on right now? Yeah. But we didn't actually start doing Mm -hmm. that. Owen's gotten better at doing the hard levels over time. He's gotten very good. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, that was my first introduction to VIA.
2: For all the viewers at home who uh, may or may not know what Beat Saber is, it's a rhythm game. So where there's cubes coming toward you, and each cube has a little arrow on it. And then you have what are essentially lightsabers in each hand, and you need to use them to slice each cube in the direction and with the same color like left and right have different colors and uh, even though the core gameplay is incredibly simple it gets really fun when there's just like 8 cubes per second flying at your face (laughs)
1: Yeah, because you need to ramp it up. You get started with what's on, what's the
2: easiest mode called? The easiest mode is just easy. Okay, you
1: get started on easy mode where it's just like quarter <laughs> notes and eighth notes pretty much. And then you go to hard mode where it's just crossing your arms all around and it can be about as hard as you want it to be. Especially with the advent of custom levels, which you can do with PC. Okay. You mm-hmm. can take your favorite songs and make them as hard or as easy as you want, essentially. So that was our first introduction to playing. And that's still, I think, one of my favorites. But it's not as much of a favorite as something Owen actually bought me for my birthday, which is a really <laughs> good gift. He bought me the VR edition of Super Hot. Yes. And that is a fighting game. You really do need to look this one up yeah. on YouTube, listeners,
2: because it's... it's kind of hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, so the premise is that, just as, as with the original Superhot, it's time moves when you move. But VR makes this so much better, because instead of just time moves when you, you know, use your joystick, it's time moves when you actually move your hands or tilt your head if you need time to move you can just spin your hands and then time starts moving yeah because if there was like a guy coming through the doorway
1: and i needed him just a little closer so he'd be close enough to shoot i would just rock my hands back and forth a bunch and watch him i could control exactly the speed and if you stay still time is yes you can't stay perfectly still so time is always moving but more or less time will be exactly still if you are exactly still
0: yeah yeah so the first actual experience that i had with it was i saw a youtuber play it and i was like i'm on my my jaw hit the floor it was <laughs> it was back when it was a i think it was just like a beta or like a demo or something yeah um and the full game hadn't come out yet and so i immediately went from that video went to the best computer we had in my house and played it and it was still like a crappy you know 20 <laughs> frames a second sort of deal here but no it's such a such a cool idea and and i, I I loved it on on PC, and I just played like the demo. I've not even played the full game because I saw the... I, I watched people play it, but I never played it myself. When I get the chance, some light year in the future when I get a VR headset, that's the first game I'm buying because it sounds amazing. With virtual reality it
1: is were you playing with keyboard and mouse though when on the pc yeah
0: i was i was
1: so how does that work with time freezing so is it just if you don't hit any buttons time freezes and then when you start hitting button time speeds up back up again
0: yeah so like with the aswd whenever you hit one of those time moves and whenever you move the mouse around Uh, okay got
1: it. it it also moves that makes sense
0: yeah but other than that you're just like aiming with your mouse and moving around with the Four keys there. more than marginally less fun than what the VR sounds like.
1: (sighs) Yeah, because the VR really, your brain just buys this experience of (laughs) I'm just in this room now and I'm going to shoot at these red guys and you get terrified when you turn around to your left and there's just (laughs) one staring at you with a gun held out in your face. And so it can get a a little creepy in that retrospect, but the art style is really, really good looking. And all the environments are pretty much made of like this crazy pixel kind of thing where you can kind of tell you are like you might be in the kitchen <laughs> or you might be yeah. in this like garage yeah, factory or type area. like an airport area. There's not a lot of a story. There's more of a story in the full game. There's a marginally interesting story and that we won't spoil for you, but definitely check this out. Either check out Gameplay on YouTube or go try it out on your friends' gaming PC or do whatever you need to do. But that this is a really solid choice for VR or just regular games <laughs> if you need to find a regular game to play.
0: 10 out of 10 partial experience from me.
1: <laughs> okay and what you need to do to cool down after playing all of these really hardcore shooting shoot up games is you need to go to a funny relaxing game that's literally its only purpose is to be funny and cause humor <laughs> in your life and that game is called job simulator and then there's another one that's the sequel called vacation simulator mm-hmm. which actually recently got updated so i've been to try oh that. i should be checking that out then if it's <laughs> recently updated So what you do is you essentially pretend to be an office worker. It's in a cartoon, completely unrealistic style. Mm -hmm.
2: You will graduate to other levels. What other types of levels are you on? I believe it's office, mechanic, cook... And uh, gas station convenience store. Yes, a. convenience store. That's right. And you can be as ethical or unethical as you want in these jobs. But it's just shot from a first person
1: perspective where you'll be like behind the counter at a convenience store, and people will come in and like, "I want some Cheetos, and I want some hot oh, but dogs." But
2: they're not—they're not people. They're all robots. Yes,
1: that's very important. And it's very funny because they're because
2: ro- they're like trying to be humans, and then they occasionally just switch to like a robot mode with like text to speech. So it's just like, "Hi, human. I would like some hot dogs." Yes, exactly right. Because <laughs> they'll—they'll be trying to put on a facade about how they're human because you're the only human in the
1: world, but then occasionally break through. And there's a song called I emotion you <laughs> and there's a song based around the entire principle which plays during the game and it's really hilarious but that's just a it kind of funny. again I won't spoil too much but that's just a hilarious game where you can be as ethical or unethical as you want in the jobs like you can, so you can burn everyone's food in the restaurant you can throw the fire extinguisher at little Timmy when he comes in the door <laughs> you can be as nice or as not nice as you want gen- it's just funny because there's just no repercussions just yeah. burn the plates down and nothing <laughs> bad will happen and oh and let's talk a bit about the new quest that's coming out that you want to too. buy like it's probably on your Christmas list but tell us all about the quest two and why all we right. should covet it.
2: well first of all the normal quest is it's it's slightly outdated hardware it like yep. has a pretty old chip the screen is like it's decent but it's nothing exceptional it's like i don't know but the quest 2 it is has the qualcomm xr2 chip which means nothing to anybody but basically it's twice as powerful as the previous one which while theoretically that could give you better graphics it is mostly in in the quest 2 put towards a higher resolution because yeah. the quest 2 has almost 4K. So this one's going to give you 4K and 4K on each. Uh. It's just, it's like 4K totally. It's just 2K by 2K per eye. So
1: would the current one be able to get 4K if you hooked it up to the BC? Or is that a limitation with hardware? No,
2: it's literally just the screen is only so, so high okay, resolution. gotcha.
1: So that's the main difference?
2: That's the main difference. And also uh, it's... Supposedly, it's a lot smaller and lighter, and so supposedly more comfortable. Cool. And the kind of interesting, a little sketchy thing about it is that last week we talked a lot about TikTok, Instagram, and privacy. Mm-hmm. Facebook is actually requiring you to sign yes. up for a Facebook because account if you want to Oculus sign up. Oculus and the Quest and the Rift S, they're all owned by Facebook. Actually, not the Rift S anymore. They they dropped that.
1: What? I didn't know that. I know. Joe's mind is blown here. Mm-hmm. He can't, he can no longer support Oculus
2: because it's supported by the most creepy company mm-hmm. there is Facebook. Yeah. Something really funny is the headset, uh, is it's inside out tracked meaning you don't need anything in your room or anything it just knows where the controllers are And itself is using cameras yeah but the hilarious thing is in all the promotional material
0: oh my gosh <laughs> they didn't call them
2: cameras they called them sensors just because no one wants to hear the word facebook and cameras in the same sentence yeah it's like facebook's <laughs> gonna have 10 motion 10 3d cameras in your house which
1: is the last thing you want you're gonna boycott that until the end of the year but it's just an interesting like dilemma like something that <laughs> kind of goes along with what we talking about in my media class which is like these big companies have too much power kind of when you think about it and in this case you have to sign up for a facebook account and that's how you basically keep all of your saved data mm-hmm. and that will function as your oculus quest account mm-hmm. so you would need that yes. in order for it to get it working mm-hmm. which you might say isn't that big of a deal but it just it's kind of like a slippery slope where like oh next you have to like get facebook 10 dollars
2: a month on the pro facebook plan it's like you know <laughs> it potentially there could be a slippery slope there yeah that isn't the pinnacle of all vr headsets in my opinion The pinnacle of all VR headsets is the HP Reverb G2. It's it's just it's 4K and uh, it's really bright and has like a 90 hertz refresh rate Mm -hmm. and uh, the incredibly nice audio solution developed by Valve for the Valve Index.
0: I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on the HTC
2: Vive. Ha, the Vive.
0: Okay, yeah. Tell me, tell me what you think about that.
2: So the Vive is like it's like the original VR headset. It's like way back in 2016. It was like the first commercial VR headset. The probably the biggest drawback of the Vive is the controllers, which are the Vive wands which mm-hmm. uh, they just they don't have very many buttons. They have a they have like one trackpad, which is like not quite a thumbstick but not quite a button and one trigger and a grip button. Gotcha. Uh, also another drawback to that is uh it, it requires the base stations, so you need to actually put them in your room to uh and then connect them to your computer to uh get tracking so that it knows where everything is. It's pretty old at this point. The
0: first time I heard a friend of mine say that he tried a, a VR headset, that was it. Like his brother yeah. had gotten one and he he went up and tried it. So I didn't know what your opinion was on it. Good stuff.
1: And so with the rise of all these great games on the Oculus Quest and in the VR space in general... We're also going to be talking about a non-VR game, just a traditional, boring 2D game, but it's really been picking up steam lately. This game, it's called Among Us.
0: Yeah, so my experience with Among Us is not extensive. I, I started playing it like two weeks ago with some friends, but it has really, really picked up uh, in popularity. here. I think it's like two years old, maybe three years old. It just all of a sudden started to get popular again. It's it's a game in which there are X amount of people. Usually like there's like 10 in a round. And then there's anywhere from one to three uh, imposters is what they call them. The job of the imposters is to kill everyone. And the job of everyone else is to do certain tasks to progress their goals. And if they do all of those before they get killed, they win. You're supposed to work together with your crewmates to figure out who is the imposter. And you have, you know, you vote on it and you can kill people, <laughs> regardless of if they are the imposter or not. It's sort of mob mentality. But Owen, why don't you give us, do you have experience with this game?
2: Uh, I have not personally played it, unfortunately. I, I want to. I, I definitely do like, know how it works, and I definitely do think it would be very fun if I had friends.
0: It's quite the game. If you've ever played, like I said, if you've ever played Mafia, I mean, these these games are just so much fun. It's so fun to like to be in this like fictional reality where one of you is like, trying to sabotage the other players and it's it's just a lot of fun
1: okay so let's just get this one thing out of the way is this like a tiktok thing where some 14 year old girl was like hey check out this cool game among us and before long it had 1 billion downloads and everyone in the world knew what it was
2: i actually have no idea how it happened i don't even know if the people who made the game know how it happened okay actually, if it, we'll it back, do but... research
1: on this if anyone knows the college Try podcast dot com slash feedback tell us how this got like so ridiculously popular for no reason because it's a two-year-old game but now I guess it just had to be around for two years before people started to know about Mm. it. My introduction to it was kind of informal. I was just on YouTube and suddenly like all the recommended gaming videos, like it was nothing but 100% like these weird animated creatures that I hadn't seen before. Weird bean people. So I was like not fully sure what it was. I assumed it was from a game, but I was not fully positive. I just knew that I suddenly went from seeing zero weird creatures to like thousands of weird creatures a day, seemingly. And it is for Steam, right, Oh, It's not for console. It, it is on Steam, and also it's on mobile.
0: That, that's where I play it.
1: Okay, cool. If it's on Steam, I should get it for my MacBook Pro, but that has a bad habit of catching on fire whenever I do anything on Steam, I mean, because
2: it was never designed for it. I realized a uh, an, an unusual trend this year in gaming is uh, is Bean People for some reason. Because first, Fall Guys, was really popular for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. And then we have oh, Among Us, weeks. which is really popular. Like, is there some other random game that's like Revenge of the Bean, bean People 3D that suddenly would be really <laughs> popular in another two weeks? <laughs> Well, I think you've just found the secret to making
1: millions of dollars in the game industry. Draw people who are beans, and then your game will become popular no matter what. Yes,
2: I'll I'll take that into consideration one day.
1: All right, apologies to all the non-gamers who are listening to this episode, because literally it seems like like 99% of this episode is going to be focused on gaming in some way. We love you anyway. So the first game I'd like to talk about today is the Mario Kart franchise. And this is not exactly, you know, a small franchise that no one's ever discovered before. It's like one of the most popular games of all time, essentially. But I just think a lot of people don't take the time to appreciate just the charm and the fun and the beauty of such a simple concept, racing around a track and throwing obstacles and enemies at people. And I think that with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is the most recent version for the Switch, this is like the full version of Mario Kart as we know it. You can take it anywhere. You can play local multiplayer. You can play online multiplayer. You can play on the TV. You can play in the car. You can play anywhere you want. You can use almost not any controller type, but you can use ridiculous amounts of different types of controller types in different configurations. You can transform your set of Joy-Cons into two and play with someone else who just happens to be there. And that you know the tracks are, it's a good selection of hard tracks, easy tracks, medium tracks. There's tons of game modes. It's essentially like when you go back to the SNES edition, it makes it look like kind of a pile of garbage. (laughs) The only two versions I played are Mario Kart Wii and Mario Kart 8. I think I played Mario Kart 7, like, once on my cousin's 3DS, like, at Christmas 10 years ago or something. But just the concept has finally come to maturity, essentially, in the last couple of years, and that's always always a fun time playing Mario Kart 8.
0: Personally, Mario Kart Wii was my favorite game. Well, I take that back. One of my favorite games to play on the Wii. This might be a hot take, but I don't like the Switch version. Oh! It comes down to the way that it feels when I play it. So, okay. what I mean by that is... When I played Mario Kart Wii with, with a Wii controller, okay, I hadn't driven a car at that point in my life. It felt like what driving a car would have been like in my mind at that time in my life. It was a great experience. It was a great feeling. It just felt like what driving felt like. And I remember when my brother got a Switch, I tried on one of the Joy-Cons and it just didn't feel the same. And I tried using the, the, the joystick version and it still didn't feel the same. And I was like... You know, so that's that's my opinion. It all has to do with the feeling of driving, and it just didn't feel right on the Switch.
1: What happened to me is I actually really messed myself up with my Mario Kart Wii skills. Because I played only Mario Kart Wii, I essentially got really used to playing with the Wii Wheel, which is the worst type of controller ever because it's, like, mm-hmm. just so non precise It's like, all right, if you want to make this exact turn, you need to move your hand 73.2 degrees, and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. your hands aren't really designed to do that. With the nunchuck, it's easy to get your character to go because you just move the joystick to the same position every time. Mm-hmm. Because I had gotten so used to that, I had to train myself out of using the Wii wheel, and I did. And so I trained myself out of it by just playing with the nunchuck over and over, and I was terrible. But I played online. I was a Mario Kart legend in my day. I could usually beat people online. Like occasionally you get into rooms where people were really good and you couldn't beat them, but I was generally pretty good at that. So yeah, Joe's opinion is that you're used to the Mario Kart Wii physics engine. It feels good to play on. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually the exact reverse. I'm more used to the Mario Kart 8 slash deluxe physics engine these days and i think that one feels more natural but to each its own it's like whatever you spent the most time playing for sure and whatever you can beat your brothers at is the best mario card there isn't? that is true I
0: absolutely agree
1: what's one of your favorite games joe
0: oh boy well i have to start with my all-time favorite game undertale which <laughs> is is definitely not a hot take if you're it's a very
1: small indie game you've probably never heard of it before yo
0: no definitely wasn't the best game of the year for ign in 2015 it's fine so i i remember I, I saw somebody start the game. So I watched the first episode in somebody's playthrough and I decided that on my Acer something model that started with a P and had like two gigabytes of RAM <laughs> that I was like, yeah, this is going to be the game that I'd play on this computer. I'm going to do it. And so I watched the first episode of them and I was just, I fell in love and then I ended up buying it for myself and finished it myself. No spoilers, but have you guys played it?
2: No, I've never played it before, so no spoilers. I I, uh, I watched my brother play through it. Not this brother, other brother.
0: Other brother, okay. So no spoilers, but it is one of the most engaging stories, one of the best stories in a video game that I've ever experienced. Just the way in which you get so attached to the characters through the not, like the music and their dialogue and their actions and what you can do and... And the fact that there's different endings, Uh, if you if you didn't know, the way that you play the game can result in different different endings and um, different things can happen. So I've actually only played one playthrough. I'd actually love to go back and and do the other ones. But the way that that the endings can change and also well, like I I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but like
1: needless to say, there are different endings and interesting things will happen (laughs) if you play it.
0: Exactly. It's just a very good use of mechanics and music and making video game characters feel real and making you get invested in their character.
2: The soundtrack's excellent. Make sure to check it out, people. So the next game that we're going to talk about is The Stanley Parable.
0: I love that game. I love that game so much. So
1: how I was introduced to this game is Carter is the only one in the house who can run a certain subset of games if they aren't available for the Switch and if they will catch on fire on the MacBook Pro line of products like, you know, certainly happens for me. Then he can load them up on his game PC and play them. Them. So he got, I think, a good deal on it
2: first. No, I think it was, uh, I think it was like uh, the Epic Game Store occasionally does like free games for a week, and it was one of like, oh that's and right. it, was so a it was free for free. a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: for the low, low the price, price of free, player. we got an insanely good game called The Stanley Parable. It, we were talking about Under, Undertale. Talk about multiple endings. <laughs> there are what like twenty one or twenty two. There's nineteen things? endings. Nineteen. Okay, that's yeah. right. And there are more being added because the game is. There actually a like, hilarious the, trailer really, that talks about yeah. how the game is being going to be released on other consoles with mm-hmm. more endings what? but it's going to be coming out in 2021 i believe yeah i think so
0: that's awesome i didn't know that either
1: yeah check the show notes to learn more about the, the eventual new version of the game that's coming out but very very briefly the game is all about you are playing as stanley not from the office though but you are in a big office it's just where you're walking around at wasd and you're exploring all the rooms and there's a narrator that narrates what you're doing that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna explain mm-hmm. any more about that because that's for spoiler purposes but it, what you do is generally going to be narrated and there are different endings and, like, tons of different paths. Like, you'll be mm-hmm. overwhelmed because you, there's so many different things to try, and you'll be there for, like, three hours like I was, just trying everything in the universe you can possibly think to try. So highly recommend checking that one out. That is a very interesting meta commentary on video games, is what I'll say.
0: I've never played the game. I watched it on YouTube. Um, that's, like, one of the first things that I ever watched on YouTube was, was that game. Me and my brothers loved to watch that game. It was just... It, it's a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of interaction and... and but but it, it's just an amazing game. It, it's, it's so funny and, and, and very witty um, and just very creative all around.
1: And it's mm-hmm. the wittiness of the game that lends it well to being watched on YouTube. You're actually not missing a whole lot by watching it on YouTube versus playing it yourself. It's not skill-based. It's just exploration and story-based. Mm-hmm. So truthfully, you're getting 99.9% of the experience if you do watch it on YouTube. But for that extra little kick, check it out on Steam or similar. It's coming to Switch eventually, but you know it's, it might mm-hmm. take a little while here.
0: My next game would be definitely a game called To the Moon. I'm not sure how many people know this game.
1: Yeah, never heard of it in my life ever.
2: Nor have I.
0: Okay, it's a lot like Undertale, which probably is why I like it so much. Unlike Undertale, I've never actually played this game. I've only seen people play it on YouTube. But again, for a lot of the same reasons, it has a stellar soundtrack, and it makes you feel what these characters are feeling, even though... It is a retro game like like Undertale again. I think it's point-and-click though, it's not ASWD, but I've, I've literally watched the playthrough probably five times-ish through. When The first week we did this, or the first or second week, when you linked that song in the show notes, that the first song that I was learning how to do, from, from a YouTube video I learned sort of the melody because I love the game so much, and it's... I would highly recommend you check out one of the... Just one, just pick one, and they're all good. It's just, it's a phenomenal game. It'll be one of my favorites for a long time. And maybe I'll get around to playing it one day. Who knows?
1: What do you do in said game?
0: It, it's, it's a game about, it's sort of sad. It's sort of melancholy. You play as a doctor, or one of two doctors. You are a hospice, sort of like when old people are, are dying and you, you come in. And the premise is, is that there's this technology that lets you go into people's memories and make new memories for them. So. So this old man has a wish that he wants to happen and so your job is to dive into his memory and sort of work your way back to give him the memories as though he he did the thing he wants to do. Through the whole game, you're progressing through his life backwards. So you start when he's an old man and you, you finish at the end with him being a kid and you're supposed to be influencing his life to take different paths the whole time. Again, none of it's real, it's all in his mind, but it's supposed to be sort of this... At the end of your life, you feel like you've accomplished what you've wanted to do, and so it's very interesting, very creative idea. Again, great soundtrack, great characters, a phenomenal game. I just
2: want to honorable mention of video g- other in in the vein of video games that we haven't actually played but are cool. Hightail, I'm really looking forward to it. It is not yet. It's basically Minecraft, but with more RPG elements, with, including like you know dungeons and loot and stuff. And there you go, honorable mention. Cool.
0: So another one of my favorite games. Came out in like 2011. Skyrim was one of my favorite games to play on the PS3. My older brother bought it. I don't think I was supposed to play it, but I just kind of started playing it one day.
1: You snuck downstairs (laughs) at 2 a.m. was like, let me boot this bad boy up. Yep.
0: So it's an RPG. Um, this massive world. It's set in sort of medieval times, but also sort of like Viking. I. It's weird. It's it's in this Lord of the Rings era-ish sort of deal actually, have you guys played the game?
2: I have not, but I I know it by reputation.
0: (laughs) Okay. You choose your your character and then you you can progress through the world at whatever rate. So my older brother finished the story within two months or so. He finished the story. I never finished the story. (laughs) And, And that just goes to show you how much there is to do. So like I went and joined like a group of assassins, and I did, like... (laughs) I joined, like, an army and bought a house or two, and, like, I don't know. I just ran around doing stuff, and that's the beauty of the game, is that you can get lost. It is so, so
1: engaging. So the game, from what you said, Joe, is like Breath of the Wild, where it's like, the end goal is to go to this castle, but while you're there, you're probably gonna marry someone and have five kids and start your own woodworking (laughs) business and, like, rescue a bunch of people across the kingdom. And like, Yeah,
0: it's it's almost exactly like Breath of the Wild, except first person. Uh, Actually, you can do third person, too, so it, it is... Very, very similar. And in the same vein, while we're at it, side note, I bought Fallout 4 when it came out, which I don't know if you guys have played, but it's by the same people literally take the same game and put it anywhere from, like, 90 to 130 years in the future, and there's some stuff that goes on. The only reason I like that game close to the amount I like Skyrim is because it has actual like firearms, (laughs) which makes it a lot more (laughs) fun
1: instead of just using a bow for everything. Forget this analog garbage, I'm gonna shoot people in the face with a gun like a real man.
0: That's also a great game in the same sort of vein as as Skyrim. So definitely check that as, as well.
1: So the most recent game we've been playing is a fantastic game. Called this Hollow Knight. wonderful. And it's an indie game, which means it's ridiculously mm-hmm. cheap as well. Because, like, Mario Odyssey and Galaxy is like, what, $60, yeah. $50, somewhere in there? This mm-hmm. game is a whopping $15 on
2: sale. No, it's $15 normally. Wait, what? <laughs> Okay, it's a whopping $15 normally, then. And we happen to have like a, a couple Nintendo Switch credits lying around, so it was only $12. And we split it amongst each other, so it was only $6 for each so of us. So, for the price of a nice Chick fil A <laughs> meal, we
1: get this giant open world and 30 hours of story and like 100 hours of stuff to do, basically. So, the basic idea of the story is you're playing as this character called the Knight, which you don't know much about, but it is a Knight, and this beautiful 2D hand drawn esque style of animation which is just very nice to look at and very Mm -hmm. pleasant. You're exploring this 2D world, and it's a Metroidvania, which means there's just tons of rooms to explore. There's tons of areas that are walled off, but as you grow stronger as a character, you're able to enter more and more areas. And let's just say the game is quite big, even, it's, you know, it starts out pretty big sure. and then you start to realize the scope of it and you have your mind blown essentially at a certain <laughs> point. With some things like fast travel and some of the new abilities that you are able to unlock over time, the world starts to really open up and there's a lot you can do with it. That. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been playing. You're a little ahead of me. Basically, I've been playing, I think we've both been playing about an hour a day or so, maybe a little yeah. more. It's estimated, you know, when you go on the website, like 30 hours-ish to, <laughs> to actually do this story. On themselves. <laughs> For us, it's probably going to be a lot more than 30 hours. Basically, you're just enough ahead of me that if I get stuck, I'll ask you how to do X, Y, Z tests, and then you do, and you'll direct me, come down and direct me to, but you're just enough ahead of me, and then whenever you're playing, I will avert my eyes if I walk through because I don't want to get spoiled on anything. It's like a fine line because I'm using the wiki to figure some things out when I get stuck, but it's a fine line because I don't want to spoil the entire Mm -hmm. game either because it's a really
2: good story. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it, it's unlike most, a lot of stories, it's really a story that's mainly conveyed through lore. It's more like a what happened here, not what is happening. I when really you like think that. about Breath of the Wild, it's really mysterious because there's all these ruins and you're just like, what
1: in the world happened to create all of these ruins even in the first place? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mysterious stuff that happens
2: and your goal is to kind of piece it together. Something that's kind of interesting is I'm like 20 hours into this game and I still don't really know what the main goal is. Like, you get, like, some markers on your map that you need to go to, but, like, I don't know what, like, what doing this actually means, and yet I'm still playing because it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot you can do. There's always all sorts of different
1: things you can buy or different places you can try to get up to and stuff, and there's, it's not explicitly telling you to do anything, but it's guiding you enough that you Mm -hmm. can go find the areas you need to go to. And enough areas are walled off to begin with that you get this ability, that unlocks this or this ability, and so on. More, obviously, it's more complicated than that, but that's the basic structure. And soon you become really powerful and you can one-shot almost everything in the game with (laughs) no no problem. So definitely check that out. Beautiful soundtrack as well by Christopher Larkin. Check that out on Spotify, if nothing else, because that is the most beautiful soundtrack ever. And when you're done watching the game, because it's kind of spoiler tastic, watch the 8-bit music theory video on Hollow Knight soundtrack. He actually has two of those videos. And he will explain to you all the genius things that Christopher Larkin did to help enhance the world through music.
0: It's funny that you mentioned this game because I was just in my music and video games class, which is great, by the way. We're supposed to play a video game for homework. He requires people to play Undertale, but if you've already played it, you can pick any other game that you'd like. And so I think I'm going to pick this game.
1: Yes, Yes, 110,000%. And then we'll get back together and talk about it because we we will have thoughts. And we'll have a a spoiler-tastic section. (laughs)
0: Okay, but you said it's 30 hours of gameplay?
1: Well, 30 hours versus story. You can have fun with like three or four, no problem. Okay. It's no problem if you don't actually beat everything. But to finish the game. Finish the game is to supposedly To finish about the stated game hours. is supposedly about 30 hours to 100%. Who knows? Is like 70 <laughs> or 80. But Wow. Okay. You can have fun with an hour or two. It's fine if you just want to pick it up for like 20 minutes here and there. There's always stuff to do.
0: And I, I am very much looking forward to that now. I probably need to get on that because I think the assignments, we have to like <laughs> play the game and then write an essay about the music. I should take
1: this class. This class seems pretty I, good.
0: Oh, it's great. It's really great. You should take it next semester. It's a great elective to take. Anyway, just thought I'd mention that. And also, 8 Music Theory is freaking amazing. I loved his <laughs> video on reharmonization because, oh, I love that stuff.
1: I love that stuff so much. That's like a lot like the Charles Cornell stuff we mentioned last time. Essentially, if you have any interest in music whatsoever, mm-hmm. and even I, unfortunately, at the point where I understand maybe like... 40% of what he's talking about like I definitely don't understand even close to all the, but the parts I do understand are good and of course I'm always learning more
2: just by watching the videos speaking of games with really good music I've never played this game but I've heard the music doom doom has really good music oh that's right that's all the heavy metal stuff that you keep I believe the technical classification of it is industrial glitch metal but yes I basically heavy metal for you folks at home yeah, because he'll, he'll come in and like start playing the Screamo music, and he's like, check
1: out this great video game music I found.
2: But what's especially cool about the Doom's music is it's extremely adaptive to what you're doing. So yeah, because like...
1: you told me that actually every combination isn't on the soundtrack, because it can't be,
2: <laughs> because... Every possible layer of the music combined is just the music. So many the music wasn't made that. as a track. The music was made as just tons of tracks layered on top of each other that the game can adaptively. Which is kind up, of how up. Hollow Knight works too. There's <laughs> there's, there's, like there's a, a layer a, added when <laughs> you're fighting an enemy. There's a layer added when you're in this room
1: versus this room versus talking to this character. Unfortunately, every combination actually isn't on the soundtrack either. You can go to YouTube to get the full mixes if you want to. I'll link a playlist of actually every single combination, essentially, is what you can get on YouTube. But this course, the soundtrack just has, like, I'm assuming Christopher Larkin's favorite of the mixes. All right, let's, fin- let's close this out with Portal, Joe.
0: I've played Portal 1 briefly at my cousin's house in probably 2013 or something okay very long time ago but i have much more experience with portal 2 one of my older brothers got an xbox and was super edgy because we all had ps4 and he got (laughs) an xbox and he also got a samsung and we all had apple and we were like bro what are you doing but he got that and then he got uh portal 2 i think came with it i played that game when i was younger and i watched him play it i didn't really understand everything over quarantine i recently i got like a nostalgia attack and was like i have to play portal 2 right now or i'm gonna die and so I bought it, and I played through it again. Amazing game. I don't know if you guys have played it or not. I don't want to say anything.
1: We have not yeah. played it.
0: Okay. The music is good, but it's not why I play it. I think I, I like to play it because I love, and this is what you said sort of reminded me of, of what you said with Hollow Knight, is that you're sort of piecing together what has happened. And, and a lot of that actually comes from the first game because the effects of the first game can very very easily be seen in the second game which i think is awesome and you get to learn more about the history of of aperture this this fake company that you're you you should play the game it's very 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 good i don't know how much you can talk about uh
2: you may or may not know this uh that portal actually takes place in the same universe as half-life
0: i did okay but i haven't played half-life That's cool. i've never played those it
2: which takes place cool. in the same universe as half-life alex obviously because that's the quote-unquote I'm it
1: was a meme like for a while like when are we gonna get half-life 3 but valve is a company that prioritizes quality over quantity mm-hmm. so like every you know 15 years they'll release a new game essentially mm-hmm. and the fans are begging for it so it doesn't seem like it's an official Half-Life 3, but Half-Life Alex is a pretty good it's look at what's gonna happen next. It's half
2: it's basically Half-Life 1.5. So it's happening in between Half-Life 1 and yes, Half-Life. It 2. happens in between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. Oh, also, by the way, did you uh, get Portal 2 on PC or console? I got it on PC. Cool. So in that case, you should check out I've not I've not personally experienced this, but I've heard about it and it's supposedly really good. A mod for the game called Portal Stories Mel. And it's uh, supposedly it's made by fans and supposedly basically Portal Three. It's just like some it's just more game.
0: That's that's what I've heard. And I actually downloaded that because I, I saw it on YouTube. Oh, cool! But I haven't played through the whole thing. Although I know that chronologically, based on what I have played, it actually it's like a, it's like the prequel to both of the both of the actual games. It's so far it's very cool. But I haven't played through the whole thing. So we'll see how it goes.
1: And Owen, you've also been wanting to develop your own games recently. So once you get all of your money together for your mythical pc that's coming up carter's giving you all the parts you need for it mm-hmm. or giving you the ideas Between for the parts and then you'll parts. buy them and then you will start trying to make your own games which you have a few ideas mm-hmm. for which you can
2: you feel free yeah. to talk about those or some of the things you're going to work on there i hope to make a game someday really any game i just i hope i at least make one game a game that i really want to make that i think would be really fun is uh smash brothers but it's like only in the air because that's the best part of smash brothers so would you have unlimited jumps in this game? Yeah, you'd have unlimited double jumps, basically. Unlimited double jumps. Okay, I like, I like that. And also, uh, another uh, idea I had was a a open world game in in VR. But the only problem is the reason no one's made one of those is technological limitations, which I'll probably not be able to overcome. But I can try. There you go. You just gotta wait for the technology to catch up and become powerful enough, mm-hmm. I think. I look forward to, like, in 10 years when graphics now look like GameCube graphics. <laughs> You're learning to program in what language? Uh, C-sharp, because it's what Unity uses, and I'm planning on using Unity as a game engine. And explain engine. what Unity is for the, for the nice people uh, next Unity home. is a free-to-use game engine, and game engines just, you know, makes it a lot easier to make a game instead of needing to program the entire thing in basic. Like, actually, Hollow Knight is made in Unity. If there's a game that was not made by some AAA company, and it, like, isn't made in Unreal Engine. It's probably made in Unity. So, I don't know a ton about it. Unity is giving you, like, the gravity and the physics it that gives you, you, you like physics and literally just like a 3d space or a 2d space and like animator components and lighting stuff like that you can yeah so that. you don't have to be like you know so python you to be.
1: starting all that from scratch yeah that's starting really cool but you still need to put in the creativity and time and effort to make need- the game great in the end
0: it's very cool that you want to try that I, I remember when I was like probably your age actually I got into I was like I was like yeah I'm gonna try this and I, I think I downloaded unity and then my computer couldn't even run it so it wasn't even
1: was this like your Acer potato computer <laughs> yes yes
0: and I was like like, ah, yeah, it'll work because I didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> but yes, I, I'm sure that you will have more luck than I did because you actually seem like you really want to do it. So good luck to you, sir.
1: Don't be like me because I was excited about learning Python for like a week or two and my dad signed me up and took me to these courses at the library. It was like all this weird stuff that didn't have to do with game development, like drawing flowers and stuff. Python has
2: nothing to do with game development. Python is not a game development language. Python is an automation language. you got played zachary (laughs) do not know that at the time get played like c C sharp or c is like your game development language the other problem is i didn't have a clear idea unlike owen i didn't have a clear
1: idea of what i wanted to do i thought it would be fun to make my own games i also thought it'd be fun just to make like general programs like as you know web browsers etc but then i realized that's ridiculously complicated and python is the wrong thing to do in the first place so although i'm certainly you know a person who likes to use computers and enjoys getting my work done on them I don't think programming is for me, but that's why we have people like Owen who's actually going to who's actually gonna put in the work, essentially. For sure. All right. Thanks so much for listening to another exciting episode of the College Try Podcast. If you'd like to check us out at our website, please do so at thecollegetrypodcast.com. And check us out on Instagram. Our username is Show. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your various friends who may or may not enjoy listening to podcasts. And until next time, say goodbye, Joe Dernal. See you guys later. And say goodbye, Owen Todd. Farewell, fine viewers with no listeners.